All right. Welcome to episode two of the Working Title Podcast. Today's episode is about plants, how to take care of them, why to take care of them, and more. Our guest is Lauren Deerkop. And a quick side note, if the audio or the editing seems a little bit unprofessional, it's because it is very unprofessional. Uh, I'm still learning, going through some growing pains here. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and thanks for tuning in. Alright guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we have Lauren Deerkop on, and she is a plant enthusiast. Yes. Now, Emphasis on enthusiast. How many plants do you own, do you think? Um, house plants right now, I think I'm in the 70s, 70s, 80s. 70s? Yeah. You water those how often? Uh, it depends. I have, um, now that I have this many plants, it's hard because some of them don't fall on the same watering days. Mm-hmm. Most of my plants are every 7 to 10 days. Ish. It just depends on the season and how fast the soil is drained and all that good stuff. But most of my plants, like, once a week. How do you keep track of all that? Um, I have an app on my phone, actually, that's called Planta that uh, you can log all your plants on. And it'll send you a notification when your plants need to be watered or fertilized or uh, misted or whatever. Um, it's really helpful. Wow. It is very helpful. I'm pretty good about remembering by myself, but there's ones every now and then that I forget to fertilize. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me is keeping track of fertilizing. Yeah, and looking around here, you've got them like hanging, I want to say everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I uh, Near the door, <laughs> on, on the shelves, next to the TV, like on top of the bookshelf behind me. I'm going to be honest, most of our furniture that we've bought is specifically because I ran out of room for plants. <laughs> <laughs> this coffee table, I put up all these, me and Jack put up all these shelves. How did you get into this? Uh, like, what, what was your first plant you ever owned, and like, why, when did you know, like, this was, like, going to be... A passionate thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my mom is, is also a crazy plant lady. She, I grew up and it immersed in it. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that it wasn't normal until I moved out. Uh, but my mom has hundreds of plants in her house. I would I would say probably about 200, 300 plants in her home that are just house plants, really? not including her outside luscious gardens and everything. So um, it's like the rainforest cafe every time you walk. Yeah, in. yeah, basically all I need is some like nature sounds and that's what it would feel like. Um, <laughs> but my mom has always been a green thumb as well and my great grandma is too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to think that I just kind of grew up in it and learned it just from being around it. Um, my first plant that I bought for myself is probably that pothos that's hanging up there, which I also have a tattoo of. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And that, that one is, it's my favorite plant just because it's, it was my mom's favorite. And we growing up had one that would vine down and back the whole length of our Mm -hmm. house. We called them Jumanji. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pretty cool. But, um, they're just so easy to care for and they're fun and they're, they're pretty and, it's really hard to kill, so that that's my favorite plant, I would say. Hard to kill is good when it comes to plants. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's a good starter plant. So, you've mentioned before that, like, plants are good for you. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Like, um, psychologically, physically, medicinally, like... All of the above. And how? <laughs> well, I mean, just having plants in your house, it releases a lot of good oxygen, and, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very healthy to have inside your house just even for that, but, um, I mean, I'm a big believer in, in surrounding energy, you know, like your mm-hmm. surroundings definitely reflect your mental state, and having something that you see thrive and care for is really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's satisfying, mm-hmm. and, you know... To, Fulfilling. Yeah, and, I mean, it might seem crazy to other people, because they 
might not have the same like amount of experience as I do, but I can feel like the energy of my plants. Like I can tell if I've been gone for a while and I come back and they're droopy, I can tell that they were sad, that there was no living beings in here. And you know, if I move one plant away from another plant and it misses its buddy, it'll get sad. Like, so these things actually have emotion. Yeah. Really? I would 100% agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert and I'm not like a scientist, but I mean, when you're around it so much, you can feel it and you can notice a difference when you go into someone's house and they don't have any plants, you know? Like, you can tell there's a difference in the energy flow. I I would have to agree with that, just because I, I did, it did feel a little, like, I don't know, lush when I came in here. Like, yeah, like, and it's nice. It's like the Rainforest Cafe yeah. like I mentioned earlier, like fresh and kind of like, I don't know, It's refreshing. calming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's calming, and it's natural, and it, it, it feels like you're more in tune with, you know, the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, use any of these plants medicinally? Like, is there any of their leaves or roots that you can use for, like, um, uh, I don't know, anything that you can make at home, wh- whether it be tea or, or like, a tincture, tincture or, or something right. like that? Um, I don't think I, I don't use any of my plants except for like the few herbs that I have that I buy at the store, you know, like Mm -hmm. a basil plant or whatever. But, um, I don't use any of mine for consumption. I've looked into that though. Uh, (laughs) I'm starting to evolve. It's like you reach a certain point of, of just having houseplants and caring for them. And then you start to like Mm -hmm. evolve your practice once you gain more, you know, the foundation of knowledge of how everything works. Um, but there, I mean, there are plants that, that, uh, people can use medicinally Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I just don't have any, I don't got time. I see. (laughs) Yeah. So with the whole quarantine and everything, COVID-19, a lot of people have picked up hobbies that they didn't usually have. And I've noticed a lot of people have gotten into plant care. Yes. Uh, What are some things that go over people's heads when it comes to plant care? What are things they don't typically think about? Uh, I would say the chemistry side of things like different soils for different plants because i mean it's a very trendy thing nowadays to have house plants um and i think people overlook how important different types of soil are for plants like mm-hmm. you can't just buy you know regular potting soil at the store and expect it to be good for all of your house I have plants. two dead plants on my porch yeah <laughs> and that's actually a problem i have with with when i buy plants at the store sometimes they have it potted in the wrong kind of soil and mm-hmm. it's frustrating because Actually, a lot of my plants are rescue plants because I saw it and I was like, no, that's not good. So rescue to, plants. So I had to buy it and rehab it. That's a new term. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> how it got started is you see, you know, someone, a plant with its roots overgrown or the wrong kind of soil. So you grab it and fix it. But um, I would say that um, and pests, people forget to think about like mites that can mm-hmm. be on, spider mites that can be in your plants and different kinds of pests and how that can affect the root growth and your plant's general health. Um, and they're so small that people don't notice mm-hmm. it unless you're really familiar with plants. So I want to touch on a few of those topics there. Um, we'll start with the mites. How do they get on the plants? How do you prevent them? And if they're already on the plant, how do you get rid of them? So it, if you buy a plant at the store or a nursery or whatever, sometimes they can travel with the plant like they came mm-hmm. from there. And then if you bring them home and you put it near your other plants, it can spread so easily through that. Um, Let's see, spider mites, how to get rid of spider mites. Um, One of my favorite things to do for mites in general and just different kinds of pests in your plants is hydrogen peroxide. Okay. Um, You can, like the 3% that you get at the store, you can like wipe off your leaves with it. That helps deter pests. You can pour it in in the soil um, and it can kill stuff in there. Cinnamon is another really good thing that people have been saying on like the Facebook groups that I'm on. Like if you have 
different kinds of pests and insects. You just sprinkle some on the soil and then put sand over it. And the peroxide, it's no harm to the plants Mm-mm. at all? Nope. It actually helps root growth because um, it brings down oxygen towards the roots. And I mean, it's not like a fertilizer mm-hmm. or anything, but it's, it's definitely a beneficial thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But um, just keeping up on your plants, like like dusting them and wiping them down, that can all help prevent mites and all that good stuff. Dusting them. I yeah. never thought that dusting plants was like yeah. a thing. Yeah, it's really important and like I need to catch up. That's the thing when you have this many plants is like you're always trying to catch up on plant care. Yeah, <laughs> it's you're hard. basically a steward for your own house <laughs> at that point. Yeah, no, really though. Um, but yeah, just, just generally keeping up on your plants' mm-hmm. health and making sure you're inspecting it and preventing all of those things. So when it, when it comes to soil types, I know there's, you know, for all the different plants, I mean, that come from all different parts of the world, you know, some mm-hmm. of these originated in the Amazon where, where soil is a lot more rich, mm-hmm. some originated in, uh, on the plateau and, and some originated in areas that get like no rainfall. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep track of what soil each plant needs mm-hmm. And how do you get that soil to be the perfect consistency? The perfect consistency? <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of Googling involved when mm-hmm. you're, even when you're, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert, but even somebody who's quite versed in like plant mm-hmm. care, like there's a lot of Googling going on and any plant person will tell you that. Like, I don't know everything by heart. Um, but for the most part, I do a lot of Googling and research on, you know, in books and boards and stuff like that. Um, and after a while you kind of get a feel for like what likes what, but I mix a lot of my soils by hand. I'll take like, um, the all purpose potting mix and then I'll mix in some peat moss and then some, uh, perlite or charcoal rocks to kind of take up some space. That way Mm -hmm. it doesn't get compacted and like, you know, you need that drainage for those plants. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, you just, you just have to keep looking it up and I don't know. I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'm aware that all plants need different amounts of light and Mm -hmm. different amounts of humidity, Mm -hmm. right? What's the ideal setup if you have all three different kinds of plants? The ones that need low light, the ones that need bright light, and Mm -hmm. the ones that need, you know, somewhere in between. Um, well, obviously my (laughs) apartment's not the biggest, so I I do struggle with that the most, I would say. Um, 90% of houseplants love bright indirect sunlight so obviously near windows but i think where a lot of people go wrong too is they think that plants need direct sunlight but the sun rays should never actually touch most of your foliage or foliage foliage um really yeah so like over there by my window you can see there's a lot of plants and near my blinds but they love that spot because the sun reflects off of the house next to me that's brightly painted and it it's very indirect um as far as humidity goes, the way I deal with that is if I have a plant that loves humidity, I'll place it near the bathroom. And then after I shower and open the door, a lot of that humidity comes out towards the plants. And, you know, it, Brilliant. it yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, misting your plants is really helpful, too. Uh, mm-hmm. You should probably like you should do that with lots of your plants. Like I just actually misted this one. Um, misting your plants, pebble trays, like putting a tray of like rocks underneath your plants with a little mm-hmm. bit of water in it creates humidity. Um, but yeah, it, it is hard to balance all of those things because so many plants can be very particular about what kind of environment they want to be in. And it's mm-hmm. hard to create different, um, different biomes within your own home, you know? Yeah. Especially it, in, a, in an apartment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to juggle, but it really just comes down to trial and error and listening to your plants. And like, mm-hmm. if you have lots of them, you can really tell like if one's, 
you know, not liking where it is, like, it'll show you. You just have to pay extra attention. Can you name every single one of these plants? Um, not by, not like the scientific terms, but... Yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting the science. I, you know, wouldn't have been surprised. But right, like, but I, I can <laughs> I can name probably almost all of them in my, in this living room. Like, I have Monstera over there, uh, a snake plant. I have a Philodendron Rohokongo right there. That's a Calfia. That's a... Oh, I I hate that one by the by the windowsill. It hates me, and I always forget its name. That's a, <laughs> that's a fiddle leaf fig tree. That's a pothos. Um, this is a philodendron saloon. That's a silver leaf pothos. That is a, a Hartley philodendron Brazil. I like those leaves on that one. Yeah, I love philodendrons. They're my it looks favorite. Like, uh... That Lothlorien leaf from Lord of the Rings. That's exactly why I got it. That's exactly why I got that one. Um, and this one, too. This is a Philodendron Minarum Clout. This one's actually sort of rare. It's my newest edition. Who's, who's the only one I, I know is the prayer plant. And yes. that's just because the leaves are a dead giveaway. Yeah, exactly. Prayer plant, plants are really hard to spot, and they're really similar to, like, the Calthea's and stuff. This is another Calthea. Are they really fragile? Will they, I mean, mine um, died immediately. This but. one's a rehab plant. Um, where people go... Prayer plants are really easy. I think where people go wrong is they overwater your their plants. And most of the time, you just let mm -hmm. them be until the soil is completely dry, and then you water them. There are very okay. few... Well, not very few, but most plants, people overwater, and that's why they die. And it is um, a little bit misleading because leaves will turn brown and fall off, so people think, oh, not watered enough, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but yeah. Are there any ways you can tell how much light a plant needs just based off of its physical characteristics alone without even knowing the background of the plant are there any dead giveaways that the plant has itself like maybe the leaf size or you know just the shape of it I don't yeah know. um leaf size definitely uh, a good analogy or a good uh, example of what you're talking about right there is uh, succulents you can always tell like succulents by mm -hmm. the way that they're like formed whether or not they've a had enough direct sunlight or they need more direct sunlight um but i guess to directly answer your question yes but it definitely takes lots and lots of practice and you have to be really familiar with like different mm -hmm. families of house plants uh you brought up succulents and i have a lot of questions about succulents mainly what really differentiates a succulent from a regular plant i know they have those fat leaves usually Right. You know, that are really uh, filled with moisture. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I don't know a whole bunch about them. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest and call me weird, but I'm not a, the biggest fan of succulents. I mean, they're they're a huge deal right mm -hmm. now, but I'm just not a fan of them just because you don't see uh, a lot of fast growth, and I'm very impatient. I like the viney, Jumanji-looking, you know, foliage-type mm -hmm. stuff. But um, succulents, why they're fat like that is it's kind of like camels you know how they store water in the humps yeah. of their back like it's like mm -hmm. that and um they are temp they're mostly found in like warmer weather obviously naturally but what makes them so different is that they hold the water like that and they're like their leaves and stuff okay that um, sounded so professional <laughs> <laughs> and their leaves and stuff so the only plant i have that's living that i've had for a while oh. is a cactus okay that I was gifted uh -huh. the last time I got surgery which was like eight years ago right it's I've only had to water it like once every year mm -hmm. yeah they're so easy do you have any cacti in your home I have one big one in the corner there oh there it um, is. yeah <laughs> cacti are so low maintenance and um you literally like I water mine like once a month maybe and it depends on the season like in the winter time you water you want to water 
um, plants that are desert plants and warm area plants less because mm-hmm. they kind of go dormant. Yeah, I think cacti is the only thing I can confidently take care of. Yeah, you just leave it alone. <laughs> Literally, you, you leave it alone, and that's how they survive. Alrighty here. Um, do you name your plants? Yes, 100%. It, all of them? Yeah, but I, I don't remember the names of the majority of my plants. I have several that, um, you know, are, are my, my favorite children of the week that I remember the names yeah. of. But I usually name them after friends and family members. Um, and it's, it's a little bit more personal like that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> is that weird? <laughs> I mean, no. I, I mean, I've named rocks before. <laughs> my pet rock. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Just give me an example. Like, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, I haven't named this one. This is a Chinese evergreen. This one's still fairly new. I don't name them for a while because I kind of let them chill and get used to their environment. They've got to earn their name. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you got to get a feel for their plant personality. I don't know. Also, I just want to comment. I love that pot. I know. It's so beautiful. Is that, like, Greek? Roman? It is. And I wish that I had gotten it in Greece, but I got it at Goodwill for $6. <laughs> 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 um, but for example, that cacti over there is named Sean. That's my Sean plant because... He just likes it if you just leave him alone. Like, and you know Sean, so it's very, like, it fits. You just let him do his own thing, and every now and then you say hey, but he just likes to be left alone. Uh, how alive are plants, really? Because the lack of a central nervous system, or one mm. that we recognize in humans, makes us think, like, yeah, they're alive, but they're not really alive. I mean, you hear the term thrown around, mm. oh, he's a vegetable. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's not really alive, but yeah. is it alive, you know? And you were talking earlier about how you think they have their own emotions or energy to them. So just how alive do you think plants are, and and what does that entail? What does what does it mean to be alive you know, as a plant? <laughs> I mean, again, I'm not a scientist, so I, I can't confidently say one thing or another, but from my personal experience, I think they're very alive. I mean, they respond to different kinds of music, as Mythbusters has proved in the past. Like no they, they do respond to music. Uh, the episode that they did, um, Plants Love Death Metal more than classical music, or whatever it was they did, they just wanted to see like which group would grow faster. When Did the death metal one grow yeah, faster? Yeah, I know. Really? Isn't that rad? <laughs> you um, know, I, I've been told that uh, the same minds that like classical music also yeah. really love death metal. Yeah. And I found that really interesting. <laughs> that is bizarre. I've never heard that before, but I mean, it would make sense to me. But I mean, I, I would confidently say that plants are very alive. I mean, they do have, you know, energies and, and they can, like if you're, if you're paying attention and you're in tune with your plants, like you can tell when they don't like something. And it's not just the response to, like, a worse environment. Mm-hmm. It's, like, you can tell. Do you know. talk to them? Yes. Not all the time, but I'm just, like, you're doing great. Or if one doesn't like me, like, uh, my croton, that's what it's called. My croton over there hates me. <laughs> and I always ask him, like, why do you hate me so much? Just grow. Yeah, maybe that's why mine died. I called them bastards for the first <laughs> few days. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> give them some love. You gotta tell them you're doing great. <laughs> All right, on a more esoteric and metaphysical topic, uh, many traditions uh, recognize a certain spirit behind certain plants. Like uh, in Native America, it was tobacco had a spirit behind it. Okay. Or in South America and Mesoamerica, mm-hmm. uh, salvia mm-hmm. yep. had a spirit behind it. Uh, do you think that each plant has a spirit behind it, or do you think it's just a few? You know... If at all, of course. I don't know. That's a really good question. 
um, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know about all plants, but I think that kind of goes back to like the certain feel, like certain plants have different feels, like you, their energy mm-hmm. levels or whatever, but that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, I would agree with that statement that they do have s- spirits behind them, but it's, I don't really know a whole lot of that history. Yeah. So I can't confidently say. Um, so back to the topic of succulents and cacti. They're known for not needing a lot of care. Mm-hmm. But is there any kind of care that gets overlooked because of that? The soil. The soil. The soil. Um, cacti and succulents really like that deserty kind of soil with lots of chunks in it because mm-hmm. they need that drainage um, and drier stuff and... Um, I would say that that's the number one thing that gets overlooked is the soil and overwatering too. So I met this guy who made these uh, ghetto plant aquariums. Ghetto plant aquariums. Yes, that's the, that, and I quote, that's what he, <laughs> he called them. And I, I bought one from him. And it was basically a bunch of pebbles with some pond algae and pond plants. And then he put a ton of snails in there. As the gardeners. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Have you done anything like that uh, with your plants? No, I've really wanted. I've wanted to get into ter- to terrariums, but um, that does involve lots of succulents, and I don't have. You know, I don't really do succulents very often. But uh, that kind of stuff is so interesting to me. It's very artistic because you can do so many different things with it. That's such a cool idea. Yeah, I I was really interested, and he was, uh, you know, he was extremely passionate about mm-hmm. it. Like he had a ton of aquariums all mm-hmm. over the place. And he, you know, he said he could just whip one up for me for, like, 20 bucks. No way. Yeah. He should do that. Like, is it a business thing that he does? I mean, it's just a hobby, but, oh, you know, right. he's willing to make money off of it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you can look him up on YouTube, Ghetto Aquariums, and I guess, uh, I-, I thought it was really cool that the snails were actually the gardeners. Mm-hmm. They actually cleaned the pot for mm-hmm. you, so you don't even have to, like, yeah. clean it yourself. It's the same reason that people get uh, placlostomuses or sucker fishes for their aquarium tanks, because they clean the algae off. Like, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, which of these plants is your favorite? Oh, it depends on the day. I have a favorite child every week. Day. But I would say this guy, the Philodendron Minorum Cloud, just because I, it's my ro- most recent purchase. And mm-hmm. um, Besides that, I would say like this whole shelf here with all my um, my Philodendron Saluum and like this whole corner. Is I just pot love them a thrift all. store fine? I know I'm back to that pot again. But yeah. Just... I get lots of my pots at like Marshall's too. Marshall's has really good pots. Okay. And they're always cheap. It's like six bucks for a really nice well-painted, aesthetic-looking pot. All right, now I'm asking for a friend. Uh, which plants are naturally poisonous, and how can I extract and concentrate that poison and make it tasteless? <laughs> um, <laughs> never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know anything about that. But that seems like a great way to get away with something. I know. Uh, <laughs> I guess just, like, boil stuff down. I don't. I don't know. I would... Cut it and boil it. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, what personality traits uh, do you usually find in plant people? Because plant people is is kind of uh, in an up-and-coming demographic mm-hmm. that we have. And I've, I've met a few of them. What do, what do you think they all have in common? Um, are you talking about, like, serious plant people or just, like, people that are starting to get into plants? Like, serious plant people. Serious plant people? Serious plant people. Oh, uh, let's see. I would say definitely, I don't know, I, you want to say calmer because you would assume that having a lot of plants like makes you mm-hmm. very zen, but I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm not a very zen person, mm-hmm. so I would say um, 
very intuitive. You have to pay attention to so many things that aren't outwardly obvious. Um, intuitive, uh, feisty, feisty. Feisty, yeah. All of a sudden, I've forgotten every word I've ever learned. I get that. That happens all the time to me. Yeah, I, w- I would just say somebody who's patient. Like, you have to be so patient. Mm-hmm. Even even plant people, like, I kill plants sometimes. Like, it just happens. Mm-hmm. You just have to be determined enough to try it again, see what you did wrong, and adjust your methods, I guess. But yeah, you have to be very, very patient to have that many plants on your on deck and mm-hmm. be able to care for all of them properly. Because um, there's a lot of equipment involved even. Like, you need humidifiers and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So lots and lots of patience, lots of intuition. Yeah. Have you ever been plant hunting? Like, have you gone out into the wild and looked for certain plants and, like, tried to uproot them and make them your own? You know, my mom, my mom and I, <laughs> my mom is that lady where it's like, you know, we'll be walking, you know, down the street and mm-hmm. see someone be like, oh, snip, cutting, mine, you know, or, or a fellow <laughs> plant person, like, can I have a cutting, you know, of your plant? Uh, there's a lot of, of search and rescue that goes on, but, I mean, I've never, like, purposely gone into the wilderness to look for plants that I could have, but, I mean... I'm, I would be a liar if I said that I didn't snip a little cutting here and there off of a plant I saw in a store. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, and it's not hurting anything. All right, flower people and plant people are they the same? Are they the same people, or are they extraordinarily different? There's a lot of overlap, I would say, because once you get in, I, th- I, I would say that house plants are a really good segue into flower people and garden people mm-hmm. if you're not already familiar with those things because you do learn the basics of like the proper types of soil and pH levels and the chemistry that's involved with it um but I mean it is just to each each person's preference you know like I said I'm not really a succulent person and there are people that prefer foliage type over flower mm-hmm. flowering types um it just depends on the person there's just a lot of overlap that goes with it hmm. did I answer your question I think so. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what was the question? Could. Um, does your cat eat any of the plants here? Oh, cats and plants. Um, <laughs> when I first got him, he was a royal shit. But <laughs> this is actually a tip that my mom, because my mom is also a cat, a cat person, and mm-hmm. a crazy cat lady and a crazy plant lady. Um, but it, there's just a lot of patience involved there and training that goes with it. Like, uh, for example, what my mom does when she gets a new plant is she'll put it in the middle of her living room and let her cats inspect it. And if they do anything, like try and nibble or bite, she'll, you know, no, tell them it's not okay, squirt them with a squirt bottle, whatever. And then when she's not in the room, she'll move the plant where they can't see it, like in the shower or something, just Mm -hmm. for the first week. So that way they get used to it being a thing that's there, but not something they can have. And then after that, they leave it alone. Um, Like Zuko, my cat will, he will only mess with plants there by the window because they're near the windowsill where mm-hmm. he likes to sit but for the most part he's really really good about not destroying them um he'll get into the soil sometimes if i'm not at home and he's mad at me mm-hmm. but he he's a really good cat when it comes to plants and it just comes down to patience and um discipline and your cat will get used to it 100 percent. when i had a cat we had a constant problem with him trying to eat the poinsettias yeah which are the only one I know for sure are poisonous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of plants that are poisonous for cats. And actually, most of my plants are poisonous to cats. But he does a really good job of not eating mm-hmm. them. And also, if they take a nibble here, it's not like they're going to drop dead, you know. So how creative have you gotten in terms of uh, plant setups? Because I've seen a lot of really interesting things mm-hmm. done on the internet. Like people making gardens in their cars. What? Yeah, like they they've... Straight oh up potted stuff on their dashboards. Weird. Yeah. 
Now, That's so cool. <laughs> I do that. Or, or you know, like uh, make a small and... garden like in the center of their room or right. something like that. I know you've got a bunch of stuff hanging. I, I've, I've seen people use like the most bizarre things to make you know things you get that plants creative. can hang out from. I mean, yeah. So, like, are there any huge projects that you've undertaken? A better yeah. like that. Well, I mean, I am definitely uh, a procrastinator, but also a perfectionist. So I'll come up with an idea or see an idea that I want to do, and I'll be mm. like, "Yes, I want to do that." And then I get five minutes, and I'm like, "I'm terrible at this," and then kind of forget about it. But I mean, the things that I have done that I've really enjoyed is I've I've made that hanger with twine, or what is that? That's not twine. That's um, it's like mini rope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bailing twine or whatever. Um, and I put up these shelves. It's it's hard for me right now because I'm in such a small apartment yeah. and I do have, you know, my boyfriend, a cat, and a dog all in the same space. But, I mean, there's so many good ideas out there and mm-hmm. I, I wish that I had more patience. I mean, I do lots of, I spray paint pots sometimes if they don't match, like, my general aesthetic. Um, I really want to make more hangers. There's all sorts of cool stuff you can do. I, I really want, one time I saw this uh, coffee table that had two layers and mm-hmm. the bottom layer was had glass on the sides and they had put dirt and potted a bunch of plants. Oh, that's awesome. I know. And I want to do that so bad. So bad. You just find different ways to incorporate plants into literally everything in your home. Oh man, that would be really cool. Like if, if say you got this coffee table and like, you know, had half yeah. of it, you know, as table and then the other half. Potted. I know that would be so cool. It's just, it's hard for me at this point in my life to, to do such large scale stuff because you're so busy yeah, constantly exactly just trying to keep up well and not yeah. only that but it's like we're still in that stage of our life where we're bouncing around from apartment to apartment mm-hmm. and so it's like what will be a pain in the ass to move what is you know something that can be temporary how do you move all your plants <laughs> you-, <laughs> you know i'm trying to map that all out right now because we're about do to you, move like, borrow in three weeks? someone's truck and like i just <laughs> hope to god none of them fall over i i don't trust anybody else with my plants to be quite honest um I mean, I just, like, I mean, the larger pots, I'd buckle in the seat and then, mm-hmm. you know, stack others carefully in boxes where I know they won't fall over. It's 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 another level of Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just lo- lots of uh, slow corners, I guess. And are, you, are you staying in Spokane? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. We just, um, it's just too small here. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Uh, what other advice do you have for people that are new, new to plants? Uh, I would say that philodendrons, monsteras are so hardy and easy, and pothos. They're all part of the arum family, mm-hmm. the arum family, I mean. Um, so they're very hardy. They're easy to kill. And if you forget to water them, you know, four days past their watering schedule, they're not going to drop dead. Like, their leaves will just droop. And, and that's another thing, too, is it's so easy to tell whether or not they need to be watered by their leaves, especially pothos. So they'll just get a little droopy. Um, my biggest advice for people is to just start with something that's really easy and then focus all your energy on like two or three plants and figure out how it all works and then go from there. There's a lot mm-hmm. of experimenting. Don't get discouraged if things die on you. Just learn from it. Figure out what could have caused it. Google. Google's great. Join some plant groups and um, pick other people's brains. Like other people are more versed in different areas mm-hmm. of house plants and different families of house plants. So there's a lot of crowdsourcing that goes on too. Just don't get discouraged if you're passionate about it. Keep going with it. There's nothing wrong with starting with easy plants or even just continually just having a hundred easy plants. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you would like to say? I, uh, have run out of questions. 
<laughs> um, I love that it's trendy right now. So I, I'm a very strong believer that everybody should jump on board. It's so healthy for you. It's a, it's a nice hobby. Um, it might be good for the, for the earth too. Like if everyone jumps on the plant train yeah. and like everyone just had a, a room full of plants in yeah. their house or gardens. Like if everybody had, you know, a house full of house plants or even just a small garden or a couple house plants, like it, it's so beneficial to the air around us. And mm-hmm. I truly am a huge believer in that. Got to clean up the air, yo. Got to clean it up. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you for being on the podcast, and thank you for all the plant knowledge. Yes, thank you. appreciate it. For having me on. It was fun. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Wrapped. Wrapped.